0: You
1: Welcome to Down and Dirty with Badger State Tractor Pullers tonight. Uh, our first shop tour is at Fair Valley Performance. <clears throat> but before we get started, a little news from Lucas Oil today. Uh, the world's not coming to an end, people. We, uh, we aren't sure what's happening yet. We were at the meetings. Uh, nothing's done yet. Nothing's final. It might be just a little restructuring and we'll be back just the way we were or Either way, Badger State Tractor Pullers is going to be fine. We were there before anybody else. We went through this once before with the ATPA. We're going through it again. We'll be fine. So don't send any questions about any of this tonight because I don't have any answers. That's it. Yep. yep. Now I'm going to pull it over to uh, Joe Biden. We're, I've got his questions all or answers all strict, and you've got the questions for him, right? So get him right. right? It's all scripted. We're good to go. What's up? Here with us tonight, you know, John and uh, Ridge and Dennis and Chris and Jenny's hiding around the corner. Come on in here, Jenny.
2: Me, in the wheel. Yes, you are. You've right. been involved since the beginning. Right. You, you know that.
1: But, uh,
2: yeah. I guess, uh, we're here to learn a little bit
1: about Carolina performance.
2: Yes. Yeah, so, uh, well, the questions I have is everybody talks, you know, how things, and, and a lot of us know how it started with you guys, mm-hmm. tractor pulling, but, yeah. uh, and your job and that, but uh, how did it all get started?
1: Well, basically, I I grew up on a farm, and always have loved tractors and tractor pulling for that matter. We uh, before I was even in the business, uh, we would do our local tractor pulls with Greg and yep. you. You'll chase all over the countryside and go there... All the way from Moni
2: back to Sauk. With, <laughs> our, with our
1: shoot-up farm tractors, Yeah. Hey, you let everybody know you used to pull an NM, an international, you red one. Yes, pull the said it. yes <laughs> I did, at one time. So, um, but that's where it started, as far as the pulling part of it goes. <clears throat> Growing up, uh, my career in the diesel industry, um, actually I went to a tech school, um, and I, I worked for a large diesel fuel injection shop for 16 years. Um, Before we started our own business here in 2007, we started uh, FBP and in 2007 it was me, Jenny, and Scott Luck, uh, three of us, started actually in the garage while the the barn renovation was was being done, taking place, Um, and now 15 years later, uh, we have 16 full-time employees uh, besides me and Jenny. And expanded the building and outgrew it the first week. <laughs> we did. We did. Yeah, yeah, we. Uh, so basically, it started with that, and just every year we've gotten busier and busier. Um, we work hard at what we do. Uh, not only the tractor phone stuff, but we do the everyday fuel systems, turbos. Uh, a lot of our local implement dealers and such will send their work to us, and so we have a good mixture of work uh, to keep that diversity going. No matter, for an example, when we had the COVID year in 2020, yep. it said uh, diversity is a very good thing. And we, we just kept busy with with the everyday stuff. Although, even in 2020, our pulling business stayed strong. Uh, surprisingly, we were very worried at first, but uh, it went well. But a so. lot of people in that COVID year said uh, they had time to do R&D and, and mm-hmm. do other stuff, not just your daily right exactly you had some time for that too right right and nowadays there's really not an off season for us either uh this we were extremely busy this fall and and i think the covid year changed things a little bit uh i think pullers are probably looking at acquiring their stuff a little bit sooner instead of waiting and possibly not getting your products so which is good for us because it keeps us busy during the fall here I think as a puller you learn to get on it right mm-hmm. away. Don't wait till April. Yeah. Right. Sooner yet, talk yeah. about what you're looking yeah. to get after.
2: You yeah. do stuff with pickup trucks <clears> too, <throat> don't you? Pickup trucks. You do like large semis and stuff. We you we
1: actually we we discontinued that business uh, as far as the on-vehicle repair. Oh. So we had that across the road in our oh, drive-in shop, morning. which that's still part of the business. But to allow us to concentrate on this oh, cool. part of the business, we. Uh, we uh, discontinued that and we continued to expand as part of it here. Um, So 2021, we added on to the, to the barn shop here. Um, Along with, uh, we purchased, uh, we bought out Columbus diesel in 2021. And we also bought out a machine shop in the same year. So since that time, we, we've been very busy expanding. and, uh, And again, as, and throughout that process, adding employees and, and all that, so that the things are going good. So as long as you're talking about the driving shop, you want to tell everybody, as, as talking about, what your future plans are for that. That that shop will expand for, it's going to leave us expansion for the shop here. Okay. Um, we're already full, and so at that point, uh, we're looking at expanding our machine shop. And when you start looking at five access equipment, things like that, it takes up a lot of room. So we will have the facility now to be able to do that as that goes, and Ridge uh, just graduated from uh, a two-year tech school for CNC machining, so he's kind of the one that's going to help us lead that part of the business. Now oh, you, know, you got somebody to dream. dream. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Got Ridge. Uh, that already <laughs>
3: <happens>. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Very easy, easy transition. transition. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> yep.
2: yep. <laughs> So,
1: uh, do, should we start
3: the tour? A couple of comments here. Mark Gable says, hi, Dennis and
1: Jenny. Oh, Mark hi, Mark. Gable. How are you doing?
3: Yep. Jeff Helt, who has Ram Tough, Diesel Truck, says it was a fun job remodeling the barn for you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Then Kurt Van Beek, the owner of, of the Outlaw Truck and Truck pulling uh, is yeah. Denny is a great guy, and we are proud to have him as a sponsor
1: of the Outlaws. Yeah. Awesome, thank, thank you. you, thank you guys. Keep thank the comments you. coming, yeah. we love them all. Makes Makes our show easier. We'll get, <laughs> we want to talk about what you guys want to talk about, so make sure you let us know.
2: Yeah, any questions, please ask.
1: Yep, yep. So, uh, moving on, okay, you want to start it? Where do you want to start? Rachel? I guess we'll just start walking yeah. through here and uh, through, and and we'll have, forward? uh, besides myself, uh, I'm Ridge will help out, and uh, and Christopher as well, and we'll just kind of go through and you guys ask questions. We'll yeah. kind of show you the area, and we'll just go from there. I guess I should introduce Christopher too. He's also a Badger State Tractor Pullers announcer too. I'm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. sorry about yeah, that. This and no that. Yeah, I'm kind
0: of double duty a little bit
1: mm-hmm. tonight. Yeah, the, he's, he's uh, also so, works uh,
0: front yeah. desk and mm-hmm. yeah, work yeah. Uh, customer service here at Fair Valley and uh, head tour guide. So mm-hmm. who's in yeah, charge of the complaint then, department? Yeah, <laughs> Rich. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah,
2: you know, he would have been calling me Joe Biden, he'd you, know, you. Yeah, got Joe. Yeah.
3: Yeah. 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 So let's roll on and follow our cameraman or however you want to do it. Mm-hmm.
1: Got a bunch of top secret stuff here, too, right? isn't that top secret? You want to start right here, Dennis, Yeah, we, this is uh, just walking into our workshop here. Um, I guess this is more of an assembly bench here where our service manager works, uh, where he's able to stay close to the phone and, and close to us at that point. So Mark Netzer, he actually came. He was at Diesel Injection Service as well, along with me, and he's been in the business for 35 years. So we have a lot of experience here, you know, besides myself, people that have been in the industry a long time. So, so basically, this is our workshop different
0: areas. Um,
1: this bench here looks like we got it completed. What do we got there? Uh, uh, Christopher,
0: this is our, one of our new 13 millimeter piece heavy 100s that just got uh, finished up heading to the southwest part of the United States. And uh, this area is where a lot of our finished machine work comes to to get staged to go off to jobs. So that's what that's what we see here, you'll notice, uh, we have a lot of a lot of p pump jobs going on in the house right now. In the building, there's 56 p pump jobs, either new builds or um, pumps getting freshened up. So these are kind of part of these these housings here will be um, it's kind of the first stage of a pump build up where it uh, just got the machine work done and, and probably a month and a half to two months from now, um, these will be uh, going on the shipping table and and out to customers, so it's kind of the first step of the process. A lot of a lot of pullers know when they call for something new. It uh, you you know it could take a day or two, or it could take two or three months to get something. So that's where we're going to kind of go through. If you have questions when we kind of go around the the different areas of the shop on kind of on what it what it takes and the, and uh, kind of the whole steps of it, ask away. And Ridge is going to be Our first one to kind of explain. One of I, our I got
1: a question for you Christopher. You know, yeah. so you're one of your biggest holdups on building new pumps. I <clears> thought, my understanding, is the one thing you don't build here is plungers, right? And you have to get them, and that's everybody, right? Right, they're not just they're hardly nobody builds their own plunger. It's a, it's a very uh precise process, and there's very few companies in the in the world that, that can do that. So right. you said the specs, I mean, you said the specs are down to a millionth of an, yeah, an inch. a millionth of an inch, so, you know, so, <clears throat> they don't let you do that. No, not, yeah. not yeah. Like that, so not yet. Yeah. we'll see, but
0: we it's shot. on the radar yeah.
1: if we get the right equipment. But, and that's the big thing, which, which nowadays, um, for an example, um, when we order plungers and barrels, like our, like our new variable timing, uh, 60 millimeter, uh, P&Bs, um, we have to order a minimum of, of 300 quantity. So at that point, everything we do, whether it be our custom nozzles, our long shake nozzles, uh, we have to order big numbers. So at that point, it, it makes it it's challenging for a business because we have to basically buy that stuff ahead of time.
2: Um, a lot of, sitting, lot of overhead. A lot of overhead. And then, and
1: then what do you do? All of oh, a sudden, so you get them and it's, you wanted them and it's something that did work. Well, <laughs> well. We hope that doesn't happen. But for an example, our, our, our variable timing plungers, we we did run into a snag where we were supposed to receive them all by February, and, and we still haven't seen them all. Yeah, it was so, a red tractor down the road that took a while, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got around, but yeah. but they are that's coming fine. in, so we're yeah. we're in good shape now. It just took a. Took, but th- but those are some of the
0: challenges. So, uh,
1: us for business, we have to really jump ahead on orders. And we're talking like a year or more. Yeah. Um, and, that's, and
0: that's one thing that's changed in FVP too, probably in the last two two to three years is the business really has kind of restructured and been able to look ahead in the future and make plans for a year and a half or two years ahead of time. And that's where kind of the talking of the, the first step of the, the machine work process and the parts process where we have maybe 80 to 90% of, of the pieces it takes to build a P pump here ready to go. But we're also kind of ahead on that stuff, like looking towards two years from now, a year from now, um, kind of doing some processes to some stuff now that'll go on the shelf and to get used maybe a year or two from now. So that it's kind of really started in the last two or three years, FVP has been really more, not just kind of a, uh, a, a week-to-week or month-to-month build-up uh, shop kind of like it was at the very beginning. Now we're really getting geared up to, to take care of, you know, just a growing customer base that we keep seeing. Right.
1: So when you guys bought Columbus, you brought
0: their customers here
1: too, right? So that really... Right. So basically that, that was part of the agreement when we bought Columbus. Uh, we basically bought all of their, anything, their Columbus Motorsports division, which was all their parts, um, equipment, um, tooling and then at that point uh yes when they get a call uh they'll refer the customer to us and of course ultimately it's the customer's choice on where yes he yes. wants to go but it uh but we do get the referrals at that point and, and that really um we didn't know how that was going to impact our business but i think needless to say it impacted our business um more than, we More than we thought. Yeah. so that's good. in, in, in we, a good way. And, and at that point, then it made us. It, we had to expand quickly, and of course, you know that that means employees and things like that. And of course, you know those are challenges. And and but I think we've done a good job. We've we've got a good team. Uh, we've asked a lot of our employees. Um, as a matter of fact, um, starting next week, you know, our guys will be ramping back up to fifty to fifty-five hours a week. You know, technicians is just trying to stay ahead, and and that's the big thing too. When you look at Everything like what Chris said. These pumps, uh, we're trying to jump ahead as much as we can. We have the parts in house now. Uh, we just want to get ready to be able to absorb that business uh, when it comes spring and everybody wants their product like right now. So and the winter pulling,
2: the winter pulling, yeah.
1: the winter pulling, and the and the dyno, the dynoing. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's just and again, I it, it's it's way different than what it used to be. Um, I mean, traditionally, this was the lull in the year, and, and we just don't see that anymore now. You don't uh, believe either. Yeah. So, a, signing so a
2: couple of questions I have, like the performance end of it, there's a lot of research and development to do this. Mm-hmm. So if someone brings a stock pump, farm tractor stuff, uh, yep. you guys do that stuff as well. Yep. Is yep. the supply chain a little quicker with returning on some of the parts to put some of that together? Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's a little bit more, and I'd have to say overall, as far as the, our, Product availability when it comes to the the, mm-hmm. the traditional diesel fuel injection has been very good. Um, a lot of that product comes out of Germany, um, you know Bosch yep. companies like that, and it seems like they've been able to keep up with that pretty well. So
0: yeah, and that's one thing we've really focused on too as the business. There's really two channels in in Fair Valley Performance: the the everyday diesel tractor, the 1066 that goes down that was on the corn planner. And he needs it or the skid steer that's in the freestyle barn and they got like to have it up and going tomorrow there's there's really two channels that things move through the pulling channel and then the everyday channel and they kind of work together and independent and they you know we were different uh, time frames for both different availabilities of so parts of course but the but the the our stock uh fuel system turnaround has been pretty pretty good and it it's it's nice when we can do that for somebody that is really, you know, down and it's it's affecting their their dairy or their business um, that's it's kind of one thing that's is pretty prideful of FEP is to have two channels going I guess and still maintain expectations of both sides of the thing the business
2: So now these pumps that you're talking about the variable timing and that and with rules throughout the classes what are these pumps what kind of classes normally run this style pump?
0: Chris? So they're kind of our, our two um, top pumps, I guess you could say, our, our 13 mil that has uh, come on strong this last summer, one that uh, we'd kind of R&D'd and come out with some new stuff. And the people that have it at home, uh, you know you have it. And the ones that, that don't have it will be calling on tomorrow morning then, now probably, but that's what this pump has here. And our, so that that ranges uh anywhere from um the hot farm, uh the three by four class and uh kind of in those two out to farm, pro farm type classes, and then our, our sixteen millimeter variable timing pump uh shines starting in the super farm, the limited pro stock and light pro stock. So our, our four one limited pro and our light pro stock. Pump program here as the last few years has really really been uh, a shining point for Fair Valley. That's for sure. Mm-hmm.
2: Good to know. So <clears throat> a lot of a lot of folks and fans that come to the polls don't get to see the underneath the hood, you mm-hmm. know, setups and the pumps and yeah. you know as announcers you talk about it and talk about different things. But it's it's mm-hmm. great to come here and have you guys explain this so that some yeah. of the fans can really see what yeah. what's underneath. The hood. Right.
0: Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah, and that's a, a focus of ours, too, is to always be keeping up with the, the rule changes and uh, adapting new things. And some classes are limited, limited to the plunger size of the pump. So we, we have pumps that accommodate uh, for that and then um, have pumps that accommodate for other type of rules that are out there. So that's one thing we always have to be aware and be on top of uh, the rules for all the associations like Badger State and, and Outlaws and uh, ECI and, and all clubs around
2: ridge what's your favorite part of the job to do here
0: well i'm the next step i'm the next step let's come on back here so this is uh kind of our
3: machining area that we have back here we have our cnc laid cnc mill and two edm drills Uh, so basically what we do back here is well i can start out here with like build injector bodies you know for example here i'm working on um, international 21 millimeter billet injectors. So, we take, show what it starts as. Yeah. So basically, we start out with a, you know, a piece of round stock like this, and go to the lathe, You know, turn the profiles out and drill the feed passages out onto the on the mill and stuff like that. And then, um, basically, then uh, we also do our kind of our big main focus back here is our you know our EDM work doing nozzles. Uh, so basically, what we'll do back here is we'll take take a you know, either a stock nozzle or our custom long shank nozzles that we get. And uh, we'll add feed passages into them, and we'll do spray holes back here. And that's where kind of these EDM drills come into place here. That's where uh, we're able to set up at different angles for each nozzle because you have, um, I'm, I'm sure we have over 200 different angle configurations for obviously different setups, John Deere, International, Alice, Ford, Case, you name it. Um, And each of those have a unique spray angle configuration, so we can set that up into here, uh, whatever angle we want, and then we have our EDM here, which is electrical discharge machining, and basically what that does is it comes down, it acts like a drill, but instead of uh, contacting it, it uses a spark, and then that creates a gap, and it burns the hole into it, Um, which we're able to get very precise holes with it if you know, if we're going to sell a 5x32 set of injectors, it's going to be a 32,000 hole, not 33 or 31. Um, and they're going to be right at the specific angle that we want. Uh, and other than that, back here, we do a lot for our, our pump shop in the back here. We uh, do all the kind of supplemental machining back there for um, the housing, stuff like that. We modify punters and barrels to fit into housings um, and just... Just a lot, basically anything that needs to be machined, we can handle it back here. And eventually, in the future, we want to expand into our shop across the road because as we go through the shop, you'll see we're running out of room here. But it's eventually takes takes time, but we'll get there. So, um, but yeah, so that's basically what we do back here and it keeps us busy. <laughs> and do, do you do all the machining yourself, right now, or is uh, some other guys help you with that? Um, so basically, back here, it's me. Um, we yeah. have Dennis Mahoney, he's the company that we bought out. He signed on for three years to work for us, and talking to him, he's gonna work for a couple more. The way it sounds. Then we also have a third, um, Gary Ryder. He's been in. He worked for Rick Kipley for many years. So I don't know if any of you in the pulling industry have dealt with Rick Kipley for building engines. Trimark um,
1: Performance. Trimark
3: Performance. So,
1: so Gary was the, he was a cylinder, cylinder head guy, yeah. um, around that did a lot of work for a lot of pullers, and then. He decided he didn't want to manhandle cylinder heads anymore, and, right. and and he's been a, yeah, he's a wonderful talent here to us and that's, he's able to, wherever he goes, he's able to pick up the run with it and, and we learn from him. He's um, a sharp guy. I yes. always say that Greg, uh, you need to hire people smarter than you. You do. Right? They are all already <laughs> <laughs> so, And there's a lot of truth to that, you know, right. a, a successful businesses you, you you do you you hire smart yep. people and you surround yourself with the best exactly and do. the nice part about that is and I feel that we have a team now that I I we're not really afraid of anything no. uh, you know I don't mean to maybe sound arrogant that way but we have enough people in house here where it used to be when we were smaller I'd be almost scared. You know, I just, right. it, you know, you, it, it, I felt it was all on my own. And now we can bounce ideas off each other and now you can stick your neck out there a little bit. It's, it's right. And, yeah. uh, and it, but it, it took time to build that team. And, and now that we have done that, it's, it's really been it enabled us to take off here and, and produce good product, good quality product. I always say there's nothing worse than a comeback in, in, a, in any business for that matter. And, and so we really, really, I think, you know in recent years i mean that's been a really big focus on our part is, is quality just yep. quality 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 and if there's any doubt it doesn't go out the door right and i and i know you get it turned around faster than most people do just from listening to people in the pulling industry
2: you know getting back so you're out on the track right it makes a big difference right yeah. and that's it's hard good. you know as a puller yourself you usually know you know that if you break down and it's saturday night mm-hmm. and we pull thursday night again or Wednesday night, it's yeah, it's tough.
1: Well, none of us want that Monday morning phone call. I say that, interview we try to minimize these Monday morning phone calls like that. And I, and I think we, I, I'd have to say we've done it's it's really worked out well. So, yeah, we, I always tell my guys if you're not comfortable with something, just stop, time out, and let's yeah. get together, look at it. If something ain't right, it it can't go all the door. Yeah, and so we focus on that. Better do it once than twice. Yeah. Good, good communication yeah. through. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. So, Ridge, you know a couple of these other pieces of going. So, this. What do you guys, Your. This is your. Yeah. Blade. So that's our
3: CNC lathe there. That's where I was seeing the billet injector bodies, stuff like that. We start there, turn the profiles, and doing all an feed passages and stuff like that. We have our CNC mill here to do that, and and eventually we want to, like I said, get more expanded into that. Where you know, right now we're capable of three axis on the mill. We want to get up to five axis So. You know, eventually, if we want to get in these bigger turbo markets, we have the equipment here to do it. Um, And, uh, you know, that's like we were saying before, you know, we're, you know, we got three people back here and we're trying to make things efficient as possible, but also keeping the quality. That's, that's our main focus back here. It's, we're always constantly checking things over. We're not just, you know, putting it in the machine, getting it done, throw it in the box and go. It's each part gets inspected here and making sure it's ready to ship out the door and feel comfortable. That it's going
0: out the door. So. And speaking of Big Turbos Ridge, I think that uh, is a great segue to what's just right around this corner here. Absolutely. Right. Let's lead, it, lead that way. Nice. I just wanted to touch on touch on this, and then as we get into some questions, I I think Dennis is going to correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is kind of a bit of a bit of a uh, history for FVP this last week. This is probably the, the biggest turbo that Fair Valley's, uh, balanced and assembled mm-hmm. and put together so far in the 15 year history. so it's something that, uh, kind of a little milestone that FVP kind of got this, this last week, put together our first, uh, pro stock turbo. Right. Right.
1: We had, we, we actually had a former Columbus diesel employee, um, Basically, we I guess we hired them to come up, and we so the turbo balancers that we have we actually have four turbo balancers in the house. Um, we have our digital operated CWT, and then we have our smaller Heinz that we use on, on for smaller turbos, and then we acquired these two balancers from Columbus Diesel, and they were basically their. A lot of it's kind of hand-built, if you will, but they're equipped to be able to balance these big, heavy turbos, where these other pieces of equipment, are, we were not able to do that. So uh, to be real comfortable with that, we had uh, Shane Roby, um, which he would have been the last Columbus Turbo guy, uh, came up last week uh, for two days and, and worked with our guys and, and got him going. And we actually had a problem with the one, so luckily he was here we figured it out. And they're up and going. They're working good. So we have basically a wheel balancer, and then we have a cartridge balancer to where we actually can we can balance the complete assembled cartridge, uh, which is pretty unique. Uh, so that turbo right there was was on the cartridge balancer here last week, and uh, so we are officially up and going. We can handle the big turbo, you know, servicing. And the thing is, depending, we don't know where we're going to go with the turbo market necessarily yet. We'll see. We'll kind of feel it out. But there's a lot of those turbos still out there and we get calls, people, they need them serviced. You know, these turbos are on these semi truck pullers and and whatnot, you know, they're not necessarily the, they're not what you have Greg with yours. They're not, you know, things have changed, but these turbos are out there and these guys need them repaired and serviced. And uh, that opens up the door that we're able to do that for these guys now. So you're not into R and D as much as, as you're, don't know yet. Right? No, no, we don't know yet. I, it, yeah. It's one step at a time. You know, yep, we had to yep. basically get equipped and up and going here, and, and we'll see where it goes. The, yeah. the turbo, the performance turbo industry is tough. Yeah, and yep. it's very stressful. Uh, talk about Monday morning. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you, you could imagine some of the other turbo manufacturers. The, the the you could imagine it's it's got to be, and no matter how well you build them. Something you're going to you're gonna have failures, and yep. and we just have to. And right now, our main focus is fuel system. You know, I want to make sure that we that we're
0: yeah yeah. That's speed and on, and, that and that's kind that. of why we touched on this a little bit now. Is our you know our, our main focus is the the injection pump and injectors, of course, and it has been for a while, and really are making gains and strides on that. And the the turbo world for FVP, this is kind of the, the infancy of it. It's mm. really just the very beginning so it's it's really unknown on where what direction it's going but it's mm-hmm. it's kind of exciting for the guys here that that we can take on uh, a lot of the, some of the big turbo calls that we've been getting over the last year year mm-hmm. and a half it's kind of getting to the point where, where' now we're starting to gear up to to be ready to to take on some of the the, the maintenance and the servicing of, mm-hmm. of some of the customers that uh, may not have too many other places to go with it right right.
1: Yeah, so that's kind of a new development for us, and and uh, Columbus had a lot of R&D stuff going there too. Behind Christopher, there there's there's a, that was a couple of their fully billet uh, ball bearing three by four. Uh, they, they basically they were still in the R&D stages, and um, there again, uh, we'll see if we take that anywhere from that point. But we at least have some good ideas now that if we want to uh, take that and. To, to the next level. and yeah. we'll see what happens,
0: I guess. Yeah. So. Speaking of things that get blurred out on the screen, let's head on down the shop where There's <laughs> some other R&D things that are...
1: Hey, Chris, maybe you want to... Christopher, did
0: you want to maybe just explain quickly, kind of our... Yeah, shelf, maybe, yep. this yeah. Might, this kind of shows... Yeah, basically for people that send their stuff here, we have different shelf for what stage your product's in at. We have a... word when it first comes in, uh, gets checked in where it goes for the technicians to work at it, the in progress and then the finished shelf. So this is, this is kind of the, the eye candy shelf, I guess you would say where our, our, uh, where the finished product lands, um, before it gets, uh, shipped back out the door back to the customer. So it, it's kind of always, uh, it's always neat to walk by and see, uh, where, what pumps are, are done and going to be heading out the door this week. And, uh, who's gonna be getting something new to try on the dyno or, or getting um, something for them to head to the track with. So it's, uh, it's always fun to see the shelf full and, and emptied, I guess, and refilled as time goes on. Well, let's head on down towards the, I guess the middle part of the shelf you would, of the shop you would say. Some of the other aspects we haven't touched on FVP does is uh, custom line bending and custom injection line building. So that's kind of one of our, our sets there, um, where we do all of our in-house, um, line building and bending here at, at FVP. And, um, uh, then this is kind of our next to that's kind of our work island, we call it or it's kind of our, either our R and D table, um or some things that are in progress which which right now we have our uh, Bill at sigma injection pump program that is uh starting to, to lay that out and and go through that so this is kind of be a good time if you have any any questions do you have any questions from the screen for us or greg is going to fire off some questions for us <laughs> here as well i think she has to get that out there right
2: this isn't bourbon so don't be touching right. this no. <laughs> Could be you
0: never know around here
3: <laughs>
0: well, this is- don't get this, your, yeah. this is kind of a neat uh, experiment that we have a uh, a can of VP fuel and number two diesel, and we have a uh, an O ring set in each of them. and And do you know how long these? This is probably going on two years. I think that so. These jars has been a This is going on a two year test of of uh, what the needs. what the O rings look like uh, between diesel fuel and and VP fuel. It kind of helps us with um, with the tractors that run a performance fuel what what we are going to anticipate to see when the pump comes back for service i will back down it's good to know that because my fuel
1: dump valve every year eats an o-ring out of it yeah <laughs> and that's and that's what we've been and so we're working with yeah. that and trying to come up with different o-rings that can withstand these different fuels that are right. out there now so just i just it. go down to the hardware store and i get them they, they ain't working but yeah. that's all you got <laughs> and there's a, there, and there's a bit of an issue out there is what we're seeing with with seals with these different fuels and
2: so we're kind of try to learn and uh, what type of materials we need to use things like that but alcohol yeah. does the same thing to a lot of them too with it uh, yeah. you can't mm-hmm. just put a regular o-ring in or whatever it will not, mm-hmm. won't hold it won't stay right. right
1: yeah yeah so getting back to the Sigma just a quick thing uh the Sigma program we really haven't launched yet um, once we move a little bit further um, we do have we acquired uh, test benches from Columbus Diesel to be able to run these pumps um, at full load, full speed, um, but we're still waiting for an electrical service, which is kind of holding us up there. And in there too, we've been plenty busy with everything else, so I don't want to rush into it necessarily. Yeah. So we we're just we'll toe into it at that point, and when we're ready to go, we'll we'll go. And so uh, that's kind of where we're at. Tell us a little bit about this. Chris was telling me that I thought it was pretty interesting. Why you got that machined out? and <clears throat> What you're doing there?
0: Yeah, so that we have a few pumps here. This happens to be one of the signals, and then we have the P-Pump. Uh, a lot of uh, what we do to, you know, to help for advancements, um, improvements to current products. Um, we have a lot of cutouts, so you can see in, on what we do is, uh, you know, we basically have sections of different pumps that we have cut out, and we have injectors that are sections, so we can kind of see what's going on inside the injection pump when we put... Different, uh, different products into it, different uh, lift cams, uh, different plungers and barrels, just different, uh, some unique designed internal parts. And then we can see just how it, uh, how it's going to work and if it's all going to fit in there before we take it to the test, test stand and, uh, and ruin a pump. This is kind of a, an easy way to ruin a pump before we ruin it for real. Right. And getting back to like our p
1: 7 which Chris was touching based on before. Um, again, there's clubs out there that are limited to plunger size. So if they're limited to a 13 millimeter plunger, the whole idea is what can we do to make that rate of injection as, as fast as we can? And so at that point, since we're limited to a plunger size, uh, we're doing it down below uh, with, with, a, with a big cam. And so we... We're basically building them up with a 14 millimeter lift cam, and so with that being said, everything's traveling that much further. So we have to make custom parts like the custom control sleeves, which Ridge you just made us up made up a set last week or week before, uh, things like that. So here we can visually see what's going on and make sure that we have enough, you know, that that we're building things the way they need to. And so the big cams is, is really what we're doing. Uh, to improve these pumps and uh, so when you turn the screw on a pump, what does it do? How does it change it? The fuel screw yeah well basically you're you've got you've got your governor, which of course the governor's not on this pump here um, and so the governor is connected to a control rack in the pump in the main pump body and so the control rack is what controls your Basically, your plungers um, through this control sleeve, and so what that fuel screw is, it's allowing that control rack to travel further to either increase the fuel or decrease the fuel, yep. depending on where you you set
2: the the, the screw. So it'd be on the back. Yep. Right. Right. And then this is where your throttle linkage would go on. It is your governor. Yep. Can I pull it or sure? Bang. <laughs> <laughs> so you can see, is it? yeah compresses the spring in there. Okay. Detect. Right. Yeah,
1: And of course you're not seeing, but you know the Sigma pump actually has a roller system for, for your weights. Um, and basically the, the rollers, uh, that's, it uses centrifugal force, um, which is being opposed by spring force. And of course, when you increase your throttle, that's increasing your, your spring force. And so it's basically, the governor is, is governor weights against the springs. And that's kind of what now these pumps here are built for basically open RPM. However, you know, we have our 3000 RPM classes. So that's a different story. You know, Ooh. then we build the governor differently to where it'll regulate the governor accordingly. So that would be a roller system. A P pump like a 7100 would have
2: a, it would actually have centrifugal fly weights, a little bit different system, but same concept. So, so at times when you see, uh someone's tractor and you hear us announcing that uh, they stuck a plunger or the pump stuck on it, what yeah. actually sticks in it? The plunger itself.
1: Plunger um, in one of the cylinders. One of the cylinders in the plunger. Now, keep in mind, they're all connected to one common control rack. So if you have one plunger that sticks, that seizes, um, at that point the control rack is going to be stuck for yeah. all wide six. open. Wide open yeah. And typically it's wide open is when they stick. And that's why... When you hear a flutter going down the track, and a lot of experienced pullers have, we've all been down that road, Greg, right? <laughs> it's, I was a and, test
2: monkey for him one time when one of <laughs> Yeah, way back in the day, Greg. That's <laughs> so a long time ago. It was. <laughs> it Even was. The, the RPM and the motor change those. Yeah. Like you half, lose a half a cylinder or whatever when it happens. Right. It's a large flutter you right here, right away. Yeah. Why didn't you
0: use one of them underneath that paper towel for an example? Yeah. Well, they, well that's a. Uh, the future. The That'd future. A, where we the, don't the get future future to see it. The no, there's got to be some. Every every show's got to have a little blurry like, camera once in yeah. a it's while. Like Christmas. Right? Christmas.
2: That might be a Christmas present. You know, like Christmas present. Be a Christmas present for <laughs> yeah.
0: It. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's uh <laughs> that's the to, to help out the blue ones. I think right. that's Is it? Yeah, All right. That's, that's good then. That's the, need, let's not show them all the blue ones out
2: there. I need a lot of help
0: so, all right. so now what's... let's move on back into well, we our lines. new the injection line back here yeah yeah we hit where we kind of have this area here is our machine shop and the injection lines you've seen like the the finished pre-bent line over there went through that but that's kind of what happens here is on the the press where we actually make the line mm-hmm. and press the, the swedge onto it
2: all the lines up here different sizes
0: yeah, and that's really Dennis can hit on that where we have mm-hmm. basically have a line size from every everywhere from your uh, mm. your eight oh six farmall to uh, to a pro stock tractor. Right. So
1: basically, we have our, our different lines which which have different IDs inside diameters, and so we can make injection lines for for stock applications all the way, of course, to pull-in applications, which are the five OD lines by up to one hundred and forty ID, which which. Like Greg is running out of his pro stock, for an example. So we make them, and we have our equipment that we. So basically, the, the the line, we, they get cut to length, and then we actually form a nipple on the end of the line, and that's that's what your your metal metal seal is. So
2: there's one right here. Um,
1: actually, it? That's right. yeah. If you want to just pull one of the yellow caps off there, so that's a completed set of lines. And you can see that, so we, so these lines start out just straight. We, we cut them, um, we install the fittings and and then we bend them. So that happens to be for, that's a John Deere, probably a small block, Chris. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, yep, and 516 five small block pattern in 120. So the
1: swedge isn't something you put on
0: there, and you just swedge it out of this. No? We no, we, we we actually swedge it, and that's what
1: this equipment is here. It creates the mm-hmm. swedge from the right. Like so basically, it, it you got a wedge block, and then we're it's it's using hydraulic force to form that that nipple. And the line. and
0: that's why for some pullers, when they break a line, it's kind of so frustrating because you can't repair it. There's no you know field repair kit. For Usually an injection line out in the field or on the track. and Usually crack
2: right in here somewhere. Yep, they crack right, right on, on top,
0: top of that uh, from the nut is pulling down on the top of that swedge to hold it into the injector or the pump. And that's where that can either take the vibration or... Um, and that's or, what these are all for here. Just yep. to hold mm-hmm. them
2: together from all the vibration from the pulses of the Right, the And that's that's why
1: it's so important to get them bent right so they just sit right on there so they're yes. not pre-stressed. Totally relaxed yeah, yeah. is what you want. Now this, uh, that's the reason why you get your bigger applications. You can see the OD is, is thicker. This is 5 sixteenths ths where this thicker. line here is quarter inch. So when you get into like a Pro Stock or a, or a 401 Limited Pro or a light Pro, uh, we would typically always use the 5 16ths for strength-wise. Um, you get these big 16 millimeter pumps and Sigma pumps that are banging away, uh, that quarter inch line doesn't, isn't very happy. Yeah, and we, you know, I know a lot of guys do now with these bigger lines too. You don't just have a piece of straight line there because you can't bend it. Mm-hmm. You have to pull to put right. it on. It used to be you could just grab the thing and muscle it on. there it. be ugly, but you yeah. could go. Right. Now, you know, I know most guys just have a whole complete set of lines. And I just, like, what I break when I bring it down and they done is I need this one mm-hmm. and I have them there. Yep. And it just it yeah. seems like more money, but it's just like anything else. You have to have the stuff with you if you're going to get anything done.
3: Right. Yes. And
0: that's where, that's where the, I think, a lot of, you know the challenge come for a polar when they're three states away and you break one injection line and it's it can cost you not to make it to the track if you don't have a right. you know something that uh, you have as a backup ready to go that's where there's it's kind of one of those things where there's really you know no fix it's uh that you can't just uh kind of limp it through uh, a night with a broken injection line it just uh, just doesn't work so that's where we uh have a lot of focus here too on on the pre-bent sets uh and we bend them to fit on an engine block so that uh, when the customer gets it they can uh, drop it right onto their engine fits nice and performs like it should for hopefully a long time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now if we if you notice this transition here this is kind of the end wall of the the original barn shop and then we're going to go into the addition at FVP. area here is kind of set up where um, it, it's kind of it's similar to the front where we have our shelves uh, and then these are our in-progress jobs of customers and then we have our our pump technicians uh, work at four pods in the in the middle of the shop and then along the the back wall we have our injection or injector um, tech area um, and then it's it's set up so that things can kind of flow through the shop as uh, nicely as we can have it uh for a setup for um assembly, uh teardown and into the, the test bench room. It's kind of a, a lot of design to make it kind of unique. That's one thing probably Dennis had went through a lot of a lot of nights of going through his head on how to make it kind of unique and and special for this industry and this building, I guess. And we changed our mind a lot Yeah. <laughs> about that yeah. process. Yeah, and along but with that. Yeah. Until,
1: the, until the real deal was there, you, you, we ended
0: up chain making some changes after we had to finish up. But yeah. I guess that's the way it is. So. And this, we'll go into this room. I kind of like to call this room is, for some pullers, this room kind of makes or breaks if they make it to a pull or not. If we can, uh, you know, sometimes we get the pump all done and ready to go, and then it goes in to get... Um, tested, and if it all goes right, it goes right out the door that same day. But if, you know, something isn't quite going right. Uh, sometimes a, a pump can get delayed, and and a lot of a lot of stress uh, is endured by our technicians in the test bench room to make sure everything's perfect before it goes out the door.
2: That's the little cutaway of this pump here. You see it? <clears throat> all the springs in, in there.
1: Right. So that would be an, that would be a Bosch, um, an A pump, um, you're the word A pump, P pump, things like that. This would be an A pump where they do have a side cover where that accesses the, to calibrate the pump. For an example, it, it's got control. It's got adjustable control sleeves or your, what we call gear segments. And so at that point, as part of the calibration, when it comes to equal delivery, um, we're adjusting those, uh, those gear segments to, uh, to create an equal flow. Um, so that would be the pump calibration part of it, the main pump body. And then we have things, what we call lift to port closure, things like that as part of the calibration. Once the pump is calibrated, then at that point, the next step is the governor. So in here, the governor is currently off the pump, but at that point, then our tech will install the governor and actually run, run it. And we'll set RPM. We'll set low idle fuel. And that's where the fuel screw is too, on the governor end of it. So we'll adjust fuel and then create a fuel adjust graph. So for the pullers, they'll have a they'll have a chart that um, that they can use to adjust the fuel down the road. And it's a good thing you keep track of that chart. So when you lose it, he has one. That's right. Hi-ya! And we keep it recorded all the time. So we, we have that. So in this room, we have, the, each test bench is kind of set up for particular types of pumps. Uh, this cartridge bench happens to be used for our Model 100 pumps, like an International 1066, for an example. Um, so at that point, it reduces the teardown time and switching over, things like that. So that would be your Model 100 bench. Uh, that would be our rotary bench for like our Standardine uh, or UZA Masters, DB, uh, uh, DB pumps, uh, uh, CAB or uh, Delphi uh, DPA pumps, and such like that. And then the two center benches here would be for our inline pumps, mainly pullers, Eight uh, pumps here. And, and I see we have a, looks like a P-3000 set up on this bench over here right now.
0: Yeah, there's a <clears throat> P-3000 that's on the, it's on the finishing stages of its calibration and should be uh, coming off the bench tomorrow with it. And I think it's uh, heading to Virginia. Then after that, hopefully by tomorrow mm-hmm. afternoon, should be on its way. To virginia so that's where i if you talk like the the s- process from the bare housing to this step is we figure on 18 to 22 hours you would say is what we kind of um budget for a, a pump buildup like that so it from the point when it's in here on this room they could spend probably four to four to six hours sometimes on mm-hmm. uh getting a a brand new pump first time assembled to get it to to tuned into the fuel setting and the rpm and and get it to where it's ready to put on the tractor and have the tractor fire up and run like it's supposed to probably takes that good five to six hours of uh of somebody standing here making fine fine fine-tuned adjustments uh to the fuel delivery and output
1: okay And then our end bench there—that's being serviced right now. But that would be set up for like our PFR pumps and whatnot. So, um, so that's those. Then we got the big benches in the next room, right,
0: Chris? Yeah. Let me go take a look at that. Mm -hmm.
1: So these jobs here would be customer jobs that. they might be waiting for parts for an example. Um, so in, and of course each, each job will have a tag, uh, customer name, um, and the, you know, in a work order number. So at that point we, we have a system to where, and then we have, uh, what we call bin locations. So if the technician, if we get the parts in, uh, we have right in the work order, uh, this pump is located on, on G G. So <laughs> we're not looking all over for the, we never used to do that, but then finally, it's like we—you get busy enough and you have enough stuff, you—you you have to start thinking. Right.
0: Yeah, it's usually organization. Which, Should we come in
1: your mess yet? Yeah, move them around a little bit. Yeah,
2: oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: That's why. That's why you're not. I, I don't
2: know. Mean, don't. Yeah, you're you know, like yes. supervised. You know, that's <laughs> why Jen is watching. You don't touch right. me. Yeah. 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 Right. Some, you guys, welcome that. to go anywhere. Z Jeff. knows
0: I can do it to him. I know oh. you yeah. <laughs> And at some at some points, we probably have. 80 to 90 customers products here at one time during the peak season there's they were probably pushing a hundred different customers items in the building at once so it's it's definitely become important to, to have a system right. in place so that it, at any time when when somebody calls too so if you're, a lot of people watch it when you call to to ask uh, how it's going with your job or where your job's at or, or when you might um, be seeing it by the weekend or soon or we kind of have a system where uh, we'll pick up the phone, put you on hold, uh, we'll check the files, check the, the bins, so we kind of, within within 30 seconds to a minute, we kind of can, we know kind of exactly where all 60 to 90 people's um, parts are at, what stage you're at, when they might be done.
1: Mm-hmm. We're getting close on time, so we better yeah, move along okay. here. And so the, um, speaking of test benches, um, this room here, uh, these both of these benches we acquired from uh, Columbus Diesel. Um, <clears throat> this bench here is basically a 100 horsepower uh, direct drive bench uh, electric motor, um, which was basically this was this was an operating unit for them. That's what they used for their Sigma pumps and whatnot. Uh, this bench here was something they were putting together, which is almost completed, uh, which is actually a a, a a 200 horsepower test bench. And if you if you look in the you got your 200 horsepower motor that's mounted to the floor and basically it's it's a hydrostat system um, that'll drive the pump um, with uh, yeah, and so that that's something that once we uh, get up and going we'll have that but we're we have a to operate this equipment it takes a big service electrical service so we have a 1200 amp panel that's been ordered for a year and a half and we still have. It. Not seen it, yeah. Um, that's but, Joe's fault. <laughs> that's it, like, yeah. Well, and so, so at that point, we we're, were not able to run these, but we're anxiously waiting for that for that service. And just to do that, they had yeah. a barrier cable right from the power pole right to the building. So, you know, to run this this kind of, you know, this, this size electric motors, which Greg, you're familiar with your farming operation. Yeah. You have motors that are probably similar in size to this, right? Looks like our irrigation motors. Pump um, water it just takes yeah. a lot of service a lot of power to do when well, there's probably a lot of people don't realize it takes 200 horse to run those big injection pumps it does and now yeah. if you want to run one of these pumps at wide open speed um full fuel that is um basically it's like it's like running it wide open the the 100 horsepower will handle basically a, a p700 pump but if you get like a big sigma pump, um, this bench here was not able to do it anymore, which is why Columbus was in the process of getting this bench up and going with a 200 horsepower motor, which will be capable of running, say your pump Granger um, at wide open speed. So we are anxiously waiting for the service. And, and at that point, that's, that's, that'll be our next step in is, is to get our Sigma pump program up and going. This is what the plan is. And, we have the equipment here. We just got to get it finalized. And um, it's, it's like one step at a time. So, yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. That's uh, injectors you want to pop over here or show how they do that. Every good time. Did you have, uh, you have one set up there, Ridge? Sorry. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and... Ridge, you still okay. okay. kind of explain what, what you got going on there. So. So
3: basically over here, this is where our injector corner is. Um, we have two POP testers here. So basically what we'll do is um, like I have a set of injectors here. Usually we have them all laid out um, and the parts all laid out, but we just quick grab the set of injectors that were done so I can kind of give you a little demonstration here. Um, so once we get the injector um, all built up, like the injector bodies that I showed you earlier, this is one of those, we get them finished up. The nozzle, once we finish the machine work on that, um, basically then from there, we put it together. Um, and basically, so we'll put in all the springs, shims, uh, the seat, intermediate plate, and the nozzle, and then we'll torque them all together. And uh, basically from there, then you take it over to your pop tester and you just kind of just start and just it's pretty much uh, turn the fan on there. Pretty much look around, uh, you know, make sure it's got a good good chatter to it. Not that it's like leaking out or nothing like that. Um, and we pay attention to our gauge here too. Like we'll see that, that it's it's opening, popping at the right pressure. And uh, you know, you'll have a different pressure for a P pump, A pump, Model 100, rotary stuff like that. So that's where we can set that over here. We shim the spring to um, accommodate those different pressures. Um, and then also too, when we're, we're popping these, you can look at the spray pattern too and make sure that you know the spray pattern is consistent all the way around and uh, of course too before we even assemble the injector they inspect our machine work that we do there to make sure that you know in case we miss something that you know they'll let us know they'll inspect it so there's us inspecting it up front and they're inspecting it back here just so that we know something's not getting shipped out the door and it's a faulty product especially when you're going on the dyno, we don't want something bad going on the dyno and getting bad dyno numbers. So, <laughs> but, so yeah, basically that's how it is here. We do that here. Uh, just a quick, simple setup. I could show you about just one of the many things that we do here, um, and uh, I don't want to explain any more about that <laughs> No, that's...
0: Yeah. Yeah. we
1: just we just have our tear down area we that would yeah. probably be the last thing yeah later. yeah over um, uh, next so, so. we can show you that yeah. here quick and... so jason will be cutting us off and doing I another know. show. Yeah. Sure yeah. <laughs> so we have a separate room back here that we do, that's, that's just for teardown. so when the pump comes in when it's dirty and whatnot Uh, We do have a process where we have, you know, our parts cleaners and bead blasters and whatnot. Uh, But then ultimately it gets disassembled in here. So we have drip trays. Um, So when we're disassembling a pump, you know, basically the fluid, oil, um, whatnot will be contained. And so we have that area. We have a, when the pumps are, they come in here, they'll get blasted because we remove the paint. Uh, Our theory on an ejection pump is it doesn't. We, before we work on it, we want the paint gone, so we don't have paint chips and things like that. So we have that, another tear down area, and then solvent tanks here with a good ventilation system uh, when it comes to cleaning the parts. And that's about, we have the service bay here just for doing miscellaneous. We have a loft upstairs where the air compressor parts and whatnot, so we utilize every square inch that we can here. So when it comes to lofts and things like that, so and it's full.
2: Well, so I think we're we're close, but want to thank uh, the Fry family and Jenny for allowing Greg to come in here. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> once again, once a year and I You night.
3: didn't touch anything, so a so so you follow, see the rules. I see me following. Yes, right.
2: that's that my you. job. So <laughs> we're we're running out of time here. Down and dirty with Badger State. We'd like to thank them and thanks for the tour. I hope uh, all the folks out there got to see the inside scoop with the injection pump, the lines and some of the turbo stuff coming up. So thank them very much. And I think on behalf of the Badger State family, everybody have a happy Thanksgiving. Yep. And pay attention for next week's show. We don't know where it is yet, but
1: we'll work something out. It's always last minute.
2: What do we call it? Five o'clock
1: today? Greg's <laughs> <laughs> on the ball. <laughs> no, thank you. We we enjoy this and we enjoy showing off um, what we do. We we we're proud of what we do, and we have a nice facility, and uh, and we're we're always, uh, like I said, mm-hmm. you're you're probably given a a tour or two a day for customers yeah. that stop in, and and we're we're not afraid to do that. It's it's it takes time, but at the same time, we want to show people what we can do. It's good right. relations. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I think that's it. We were good. Thanks Thank you, again.
2: Jason. On to your show, Jason. Now, I'll show what show I guess next, right? That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Everybody believes him. So, yeah. Again, happy Thanksgiving. Take care, everybody. See you next week. Thank you. Adios.